Hello and welcome to this week's episode of Seen It All, where we break down this week's biggest movie and TV news new movie of the week. When I was very, very much anticipating Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse, it delivered. It delivered. As I said on my first reaction, which you can find on all the social media platforms, it's probably my favorite movie of the year. I have to see it again. I'm sit, sit on it before I call that. But the drop in my stomach that there was after after this movie ended and then after a few scenes it was just it was immense it was oh it was just so great this is a dark very dark movie that is rated pg they even say what the hell in it too but a lot of this movie has characters that are constantly talking about death and the effects of death on one another i love movies that are serious and can take their themes and apply emotionality emotionality to it where i'm gripping at my seat for what's to come next and i'm checking and looking at every single different character's reaction to what is taking place it just it had me hooked um it had me hooked with the opening the opening of the movie encapsulated the whole movie in 20 minutes as we follow my favorite character gwen stacy and we get a little snippet of her life and it was truly tragic but also very entertaining at the same time she had a fight with vulture miguel showed up it was it was great it was a great opening and the ending of it was very sad, but it was like perfect for a Spider-Man film. Miles, most of the film is caught between his Spider-Man world and his family, like they all are. The two parents, they got excellent development. All three of them just worked. They worked so well. The movie had me screaming, just like, just tell them your identity as Spider-Man the entire time. And I think that's like why I can't handle some of these Spider-Man movies. I still remember watching Spider-Man 2 with Tobey Maguire. And whenever he doesn't show up to MJ's thing and MJ's blaming, I'm like, just tell her, just tell her you're Spider-Man and solve all your problems. And that's how I feel like with every single Spider-Man movie at this point. Just tell them. <laughs> um, but yeah, Miles was great. His family was great. They were the center of the movie. I loved it. Um, the spot was one of the main villains of the movie. And I found his character so annoying, which was the point, but it also kind of infuriated me. But by the end, the movie was acted a lot cooler. But the real, the really good villain in this movie was Miguel O'Hara, who plays one of the Spider-Man from a futuristic multiverse he is the true villain and he doesn't come into play into the second half of the movie and his lines and his fight with smiles was just so perfect his backstory was just really heartbreaking and contributed to why he's such a good villain all spider-men have awful lives apparently i'm pretty sure literally every single one of them <laughs> and the revelations he tells miles have my jaw on the floor and he's like being a spider-man's a sacrifice and i'm like not sacrificing other people sorry that's just like a minor thing but i i wanted like i was there at that point where i just wanted to scream back at the character for what he was saying to miles i'm like you don't get to talk to him that way i was really into this movie um the other multiverse spider-man were cool but as a person who is not a huge fan of the spider-man in the comics and i don't really watch a ton of the spider-man tv shows outside of the movies i'm kind of just movie spider-man is basically all i've seen um it kind of one of the one of the cameos one of those cameos got me because i was like oh that means this and they were going to do that and you'll know when you see it but most of the time i was like i'm not familiar with any of these spider-man but i mean it was cool for all the people who were happy to see those spider-man but for me i wasn't really captivated by that um i was more in a fan of the ones that they actually gave like they did the backstory for them and gave them a little bit of character development spider woman who's a pregnant spider woman on the bike she was so cool on that motorcycle and she was great i loved her look it was great um there was an indian spider-man and a british spider-man they were okay i did the british spider-man got on my nerves but i liked him towards the end of it but they were both fine but the, the real standouts were the miguel o'hara Gwen Stacy, Miles Morales, and then our Peter Parker returned from the last film. He was great. He was torn between two sides. I love a good ethical choice, but he was great, and I loved his family dynamic. May, his baby, she brought her everywhere. Oh, it was just, it was so good to see them build on top of the last film like that, and it's just, it's very sad watching these 
people you think are family members basically fight it out because they think that one's doing the right thing, one's doing the other right thing. It was just, oh, it was just, I can't stop loving this movie. But the only thing I didn't love was a cliffhanger ending. I loved what happened to the Gwen and her side of the story. I don't want to give anything away with that. Um, I loved how her she got a definitive conclusion in this movie. Miles, not so much, not so much, which as I remember, as you remember from Fast X Review, I didn't like when they just hit pause on the scene while Gwen, it felt like, okay, we got a, we got a conclusion to her character arc throughout this thing. Same with Spider-Man, Peter Parker, Spider-Man, we got a conclusion to that. While Miles' story and the stuff with his family, we didn't really get a conclusion to, and that was kind of cliffhanger, which it's not, as I said before, I don't love cliffhangers that just like pause in the middle of the scene, but at least we got most of a conclusion. We got the quit. We got the conclusion I really cared about, which was the Gwen stuff, honestly. <laughs> but the Miles stuff they left completely right at the end, and I didn't love some of the choices they made with that part. But I don't want to get into it without with the, so avoiding spoilers. But I think they're gonna pay it off in the third part, and I'm really happy for the third part. We only have to wait till March. Uh, I need that. I need it right now. And thank you for not making us wait an eternity to see the cliff end of a cliffhanger. <clears throat> Fast eggs. <clears throat> yeah. So I'm really happy though that they playing this out to where we're not waiting forever to see the finale of it because when those when the theater lights turned on everybody was gasping and i heard react audible reactions throughout the theater people like what that's it that's the end and and i heard some people that was amazing but i need to see part three and everybody was sitting there because there's no end credit scene for this movie so everybody was still sitting there i was like oh there's guys there's no end credit scene um but one of my probably one of my favorite anime movies of all time and it might be my favorite movie of the year i i gotta go out and see it one more time and i gotta I gotta think about it. I gotta sit on it for a little bit more. But it's it's probably either that or Dungeons and Dragons at this point. I really love Dungeons and Dragons, but I really love this. So I'm gonna have to see it again, see it with some other people, see what their thoughts over it, and just just sit and soak in the bask of the greatness of Across the Spider Verse. Get out and go see this for yourself. And you don't even need to see the first film. They do a great job of recapping. What a great film! And I hope Part Three can even top this. And then this movie's getting universal universal praise for its storytelling from everybody many believe that's above his predecessor um i read out the first reactions for the film on last week's episode and usually the first reactions tend to be a bit more positive compared to when the full reviews come out but right now i think it's at like a 95 to 96 percent on rotten tomatoes which is incredible all of the critics seem to love it even the ones that don't like it just are kind of really nitpicking it but they don't hate it so this movie is getting universal praise audience i think will love it too as i said when the lights went up everybody was ecstatic you could feel the buzz in the room um, although it's going to be a crowded June, uh, Spider-Verse has at least has one weekend to impress, um, other than the Boogeyman coming out, which isn't going to be much competition, not in the same demographic. Um, box office-wise, sorry about that noise, box office-wise, the first film, Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse, opened to $35 million back in 2018, and this film looks to more than double that opening and possibly triple it with the forecast forecast is very wide range it looks to be an 80 to 130 million dollars in the domestic debut i think this could come in like 115 120 ish i think it's it's gonna do that well which would triple which would triple the opening of the first one um it has a 100 million budget they know how to properly budget their films elemental which comes out in two weeks that has a 200 million dollar budget a lot goes into R&D for Disney films, but I think we're at a point where audiences don't care about how realistic it looks and let's focus on making profitable movies, Pixar. They also aren't marketing that film very well. This film was everywhere, but not once have I seen a captive ch- 
I've not, what was that noise? <laughs> I have not once seen Elemental captivate a child like Spider-Man across the Spider-Verses, which it needs to do if it wants to see fam- wants families to go see. Right now, Elemental's tracking at $40 million to open, which is not good. Spider-Verse kept the budget reined in, and so we'll make a lot of money for the studio, unlike Elemental, which I think Pixar is going to lose a lot of money on, sadly, because I think it looks really good, even with the questionable reviews coming out, Canes. Disney's never going back there with the reaction they got for Indiana Jones, The Dial of Destiny, and Elemental. Um, that audience just seems way tight for me to fully judge the reaction coming out there. I won't, <laughs> I won't get into that again, but I bet you they also kept the budget tight on the upcoming Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle film, which actually looks pretty fun and takes a lot, a lot of inspiration from Spider-Verse art design. Animation is popping off now after what I thought was a really bad movie with Mario Bros. And now we have Spider-Verse, Elemental, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. I won't mention that Ruby Gilman mermaid one because I don't think that one looks good. My sister's excited for that, so at least it might make money, but animation is doing great right now. Also, um, why don't we put why don't we put maybe one of these animated films back in February because families were like starving for animated films. There was just Puss in Boots in December, in December and then Mario in April. Like there was a wide gap. We could have put one of those films there instead of having three alone opening in the month of June. But back to Spider-Verse. This is my little animation rant I had to throw in there. But Spider-Verse is going to do so well. Overseas, just like we talked about Little Mermaid, though, it's predicted to have a much softer opening with it especially not tracking well in Asia, just like Little Mermaid, which I'll talk about in a second. It didn't do that well in Asia. But either way you cut it, this movie is going to do exceptionally well. Everybody loves it, and I think they secured themselves that best animated feature, which isn't that much of a feat, but I think this could get a best picture nom, or at least it should, but the Academy really hates animation, and they don't respect it. So that's a whole other argument, but I hope it. I hope it's getting universal praise. It deserves best picture nom, even though we haven't seen the rest of the year, but it's going to deserve best picture nom. We have 10 slots. Okay. And then with this excellent tracking and reviews comes a slew of announcements with Spider-Man producer Amy Pascal. She announced firstly that there will be a Miles Morales live-action Spider-Man film after the third Spider-Verse films comes into theaters. What an awesome development, and I really hope Miles will get give the Sony Spider-Man live-action universe the hero it needs to actually make these villain characters evil. Spider-Man, Spider-Woman is rumored, I talked about in a, a couple of months ago, is rumored to show up in Madam Web. Um, I think it'd be cool to see the pairing together along with Spider-Gwen. You have to bring the voice actors along with these adaptations, adapting these, particularly Haley Steinfeld, who voices Spider-Gwen or Spider-Woman. Um, uh, I need I need them because she would look awesome in live action. Can we also please bring over the creative forces from the animated films? Because I have not liked a Sony Spider-Man live action film, maybe since one of Toby's and animates and Andrew's Spider films, but I, even those I'm not super in love with. So like some other people are like, this is like the best, this animated universe is like probably the best content sony has ever put out and i think i need that creative team if they're going to bring miles to live action hopefully bringing this character to live action and won't lose the greatness that it has and maybe also might be in the marvel cinematic universe can we just leave the sony universe behind and let marvel take over this character just just throwing that out there just throwing that out there because i would love to see him interact with tom holland i would love that and i'm not sure how they could do a miles miles spider-man film along with Tom Holland's Spider-Man film, which we'll talk about in a second, so I don't know how that's all going to work. The other film announced was an animated Spider-Woman film that I believe is going to focus on Gwen Stacy's character. She is probably one of my favorite characters uh, in all of Spider-Man lore, but definitely my favorite in these animated films, and hope she gets this film to... I hope she... I hope she gets this film and shows up in live action. I really, really like the sound sentiment. I also don't know the proper name. Is it Spider-Gwen? But that gives away her her alias. That gives away her true identity. Is it Spider-Woman? But we have another Spider-Woman. They need better naming mechanics. I don't like saying Miles Morales Spider-Man every time I say it. I need We need a better naming mechanic for him. Give him something unique. <laughs> uh, so it's all a bit confusing. And we've got Spider-Woman that's rumored to show up in Madden Web, as I said. It's, it, it's, a, it's a web, a web of mis 
con- of confusion. <laughs> and then in in this recent movie, they just called the one in India Spider-Man India. And I was like, oh, that's a really bad name. But I guess that's the easiest thing to call them by. Um, but both these projects are going to take a bit to come out as we're still in a writer's strike. And Amy Pascal says Tom Holland's Spider-Man 4 is also hung up in the writer's strike. As not one of these projects can be worked on. Studios, please fix this. I beg you. I want to see all these films much more than other Spider-Man films Sony is working on. <laughs> Craven, Venom 3, Madam Web. I don't really want to see those. Give me these movies that we just talked about. I really just have total faith. <laughs> I really just have total hate. Not faith. I have total hate in my heart for those two, for those films. <laughs> I really don't enjoy them. <laughs> when I know they can make really good films with Spider-Verse. When you put out something great like Spider-Verse and you put out something really bad like the Venom films and Morbius, I'm like, uh, I feel like you're slapping me in the face. <laughs> they can do better. They can do better. But now I want to switch up the conversation to last week's box office, which we saw the opening of Little Mermaid. Little Mermaid opened to $95 million for its three-day weekend and $118 million for the four-day holiday weekend. This is in line with projections, but a little under what I wanted to see as it was projected to come in at $100 million for the three-day and $120 for the four-day. It did open slightly better than Aladdin did back in 2019 with that open with $117 million for the four-day holiday and it's pacing a bit ahead of that stateside. It got an A cinema score, so I think this movie will have legs like I predicted last week and I could see it having a second weekend see its second week and having a low 50% drop off depending on whether or not Spider-Verse steals its audience. The film carries a $250 million production budget and an $80 million advertising spend. Woo! Biggest ad spend for a Disney film, not Star Wars or Marvel, and I think that money was well spent. Um, just the initial budget shouldn't have been as high like with Elemental. I don't understand as I was saying with Elemental, why, how Disney can spend that much on a film. Like, that's insane. Overseas, it's not looking too good for The Little Mermaid as it made $69 million overseas for a total launch of just under $200 million for the four-day, I think it was four-day. Um, this film is being weighed down by its underperformance in Asia, specifically China. Um, racists have been review bombing it there, which is what is happening in the U.S., but black audiences are able to weigh it out. It just seems like a black lead are not the typical franchises that Asia likes, as pre-sales for Spider-Verse has also been really low in China. It just makes me sad, and I really hope this film can still deliver box office so they won't see 20,000 videos of racist dudes calling Little Mermaid a flop. But this movie, this Disney movie is going to make money. Maybe not as much as Disney were hoping for, but it'll still make money, especially for the merchandising sales. They have so much merch for this movie. I even bought the popcorn bucket that AMC was selling because it looked cool. And those sold out real quick. So yeah, Disney will be fine. And I think Halle Bailey is officially a star and will be in a lot more movies going forward. She has Color Purple in December, and I think it's just her career is on upward spiral at this point. I think... (laughs) It hurts my heart, though, when people try to tear her down and someone they can just not, you just don't have to watch it. There's like, there's a difference between not liking a movie. You could say you don't like the movie and actively attacking it in the star every chance you get. <sighs> Sometimes my movie loving brothers and sisters, you take it a little far and it just, it just really makes me sad. We can do better. But yeah, so it's performing extremely well stateside, but internationally is where it's floundering and definitely won't reach a billion dollar mark like Aladdin did. It's, also, June wasn't that crowded back in 2019, or it was crowded, but all those films flopped and did awful compared to today. So Little Mermaid also has an obscene amount of competition in front of itself, Spider-Verse being the first one up to bat. I also want them to make the sequel of Little Mermaid that they teased in the, the movie. So here's hoping that it does well in the long run. And then the other movie... That was in its second weekend was Fast X. Fast X fell 66% to $23 million for the three-day and $28 million for the four-day weekend. This movie is just not doing well stateside with it. Likely to end its run with down $150 to $160 million. And I think this has to do with the stain in everyone's mouth from Fast 9. And the trailers made this one. 
looked like it carried on that legacy. Also, the general movie audience is just not loving this movie as much as I did. My fr- and, and my friends loved it, too. It had a B-plus cinema score, which is not great. Um, I think this douses any hope of making a Fast X trilogy. And I think this cancels the Fast and Furious female-led spinoff that's been in the works for six years. This film isn't just doing well enough to justify its $340 million production budget. Um, best be sure that the next film, I think Universal is going to have a strict conversation with, conversation with Vin Diesel about keeping this budget at least below $250 million, maybe even $200 million. The film fell at a similar pace overseas, and it looks like it's going to end its, finish its global run with $750 million. It just passed $500 million this week with an opening weekend of $320 million, so it's burning bright and fast, and I, it might not even catch Fest 9, which was during the pandemic. Um, 750 is probably the break-even point for this film, so I don't think Universal is going to make much profit, if any, off of this film. It might lose money. So yeah, next one, they need to knock it out of the park and give us a proper ending to the franchise with all of its returning characters. Give it a really good ending, please. Um, but I actually stand corrected <laughs> after, I, after I like wrote all that out and I was like, okay, I'm ready to go on my fast sex discussion. I stand corrected because my prediction was wrong because it recently came out that they're going to do a Dwayne Johnson Hobbs movie. Dwayne Johnson, as he showed up at the end of Fast X, I didn't. I feel like it's been Dwayne Johnson spoiled it himself. It came out a spoiler a while ago, but he ca- said he he was came back in the end credit scene of Fast X, and right now is what Holly. I think the rap. Someone was reported. I don't know. Who, I think maybe it was Hollywood Reporter. I, I need to get my sourcing better, but they reported that they are going to do a Hobbs movie that is not a sequel to Hobbs and Shaw, but just a Hobbs spinoff movie. It's, that's not a spinoff movie. <laughs> I feel like I'm confusing y'all. Hobbs. It's going to be in the mainline Fast Saga franchise, and it's going to be take place in between 10 and 11 and give us a bridge between the two as setting up the ending. So I think it's going to be Hobbs versus Jason Momoa's Dante. Oh my God, it's going to be so good. I'm so excited for that. And I love that, that we're going to pick up with him and then they can come back for our Fast 11 finale. But the Fast X Part 2 is dated for July of 2025. They haven't started shooting that yet, nor have they started shooting this Hobbs movie. So I have no idea when these movies are going to come out. And <laughs> I really hope they can deliver. I, I need it. I need to be good. And Seven Bucks Production, I think they produced a, some of the Fast and Furious movies before he left. And I think having them back on as a production company will make all these films better. So hopefully we can have a great bombastic ending to it. And then it also came out that there's a rumor or some someone's reporting that Vin Diesel is mad, that is blaming Jason Momoa for the bad reception of Fast X. Oh my God, Vin, you are so stupid. Okay. I got purpose. This might not be true. So, Vin, if this is not true, please disregard what I'm about to say. But, Vin, you are so stupid. This is so stupid. If you just go on Rotten Tomatoes and read the reviews, click the rotten button, and you'll see. I hated this movie. But but Jason Momoa was awesome. But Jason Momoa was great. Dante was amazing. Jason Momoa single-handedly made that movie one of my favorites of the franchise. Don't you dare... I swear to God, if he gets rid of him, I will be so mad. Jason Momoa was fantastic. And... It better not be because of his ego with him being the standout of the movie because Jason Momoa, if he leaves Fast X, if he leaves this franchise, I will be so sad because he was great. He was great. So yeah, lots of Fast and Furious drama. Lots of Fast and Furious drama. It's great. I love talking about the Fast and Furious drama. And then Guardians of the Galaxy, I just want to mention, Volume 3, I just want to mention last time that it almost beat Fast X in its fourth weekend. Um... (laughs) <laughs> Fast X had its second weekend and it made, as I said, it made like 23 million and then 28 million on the four day. And Fa- Guardians of the Galaxy's thir- fourth weekend fell only 36% to 20 million with its four day coming in at 26 million, only like 2 million behind Fast X. I'm pretty sure on Wednesday though, it actually made more money than Fast X, which is crazy. It is now past 730 million worldwide and
know, probably coming in the high $800 million range. What a great conclusion to an awesome franchise. And it goes to show when you make a great movie that audiences love, the movie will make money for the most part. Dungeons and Dragons still didn't make a lot of money, which makes me sad every time I mention it. Um, this will probably be the last time I report in the Guardians box office unless it reaches like a huge milestone, but it did good. You did good. And I think I just want to see it one more time before it leaves the theater. And then sticking with our Marvel discussion, uh, we have some new rumors. Rumors. Let me just mention that one more time. This is rumors. Nothing is confirmed, but I am about to pop off on these rumors because I'm very excited if they are true. They have emerged for Deadpool 3, a film that is already... <laughs> already... <laughs> Sorry, it is already starring all the mainstays of the Deadpool franchise, and it has added it added Hugh Jackman's Wolverine to the franchise. New rumors have come out that we will see Magneto, played by Ian McKellen, Storm, played by Halle Berry, Cyclops, played by James Marston, and Jean Grey, played by I, I don't know how to pronounce the name, Famke Jensen, all return to their titular X-Men roles for the film. The amount of excitement I now have for this Deadpool film is insane. I was already on, already on board when they brought in Hugh Jackman, and now, but now that basically everyone else is returning, I am so hyped. I actually didn't like the first Deadpool movie. I thought it was all over the place, and I didn't find it that funny. I didn't like them telling it out of order. It was just, it was not for me. But I love, I love Deadpool 2, and the joke with the X-Force dying still gets me every time. I felt the sequel was a lot more focused. It was a lot more focused on and told in order, which helped unlike the first one. Uh, they're, if they are able to take the creative direction they went with in there and apply that here with the X-Men cast returning, oh boy, am I going to be in for a treat. Also, the director of Deadpool 3 comes from Free Guy and Stranger Things, both of which I love. He also directed Adam Project, which I did not like. I just didn't care for any of the characters there, but he made some great stuff, and I think he's going to deliver in spades when it comes to this film. I'm just so happy I could see these characters one more time, and hopefully Storm and Cyclops finally get their moment to shine in this film, because I never really got that in the original X-Men, although Storm delivers one of the greatest lines in cinematic history when she says, you know what happens when a, what she, I may butcher this, but she says, you, do you know what happens when Toad gets struck by lightning? Everything else that, get every, what happens to everything else when it gets struck by lightning? It was just... It's cinema right there. I love that line so much, and I probably butchered the heck out of it, but I had to express my love for it. Um, my favorite X-Men is Days of Future Past. It's so good, and my favorite X-Men character is Magneto. So, boy, am I excited to see Ian McKellen's return. Please let him interact with Scarlet Witch. I know it won't happen, but I can still dream. Um, I've never been the biggest X-Men fan, but I certainly have nostalgia for those films and even like them better than those old Spider-Man movies. So this will be my no way home if all these characters return. Also, TVA characters will be showing up with Matthew Mc Matthew McAfedine. I, I don't know how to pronounce his last name. Who plays Tom in Succession? And then Owen Wilson's Mobius from Loki. Ooh, this movie is going to make so much money, and I think this could be one of the best comic book films of all time. It's like Ryan Reynolds gets to do whatever he wants, and I'm all here for a proper goodbye to these characters before Kevin Feige makes his own X Men. They kind of got a, got a goodbye with Days of Future Past, but Dark Phoenix was not a proper ending for that franchise. Please also get back the girl who played Rogue, too. I think she's vital as well. <laughs> oh my god, I can't believe how excited I am for a Deadpool movie. Tell me that a year ago that it, this would have been one of my most anticipated films, and I would have called you a liar. But here we are. Magneto may be doing a heavy bit of the heavy lifting, but man, am I just so stoked for this. And once again, this is a rumor, so take it with a grain of salt, but it seems more and more like this will happen, and I really hope it does. But again, nothing's confirmed yet, but I'm so happy. I'm so excited. <laughs> And then before we wrap up here, I just wanted to quickly mention that the finale of Succession was amazing and lived up to everything I wanted it to be. I don't really want to discuss a whole lot because then I would get into spoilers real quick. And 
but the ending made a lot of sense for all the characters and one of them that I wanted to win won, which made me happy. And while the fate of other characters made me really sad, it made sense for all of the characters' arcs and the message of the story. It is a tragedy after all. Um, I highly recommend what I, I probably think is one of the best shows of all time. And I am actually rewatching it right now with my mother. <laughs> I got her hooked and we are halfway through season one at this moment. So that's most likely why I can't talk about spoilers on the show. Cause I know she listens to it and I don't want her to, I don't want her to spoil who wins in the end, but Oh, what an awesome season, season finale, season series finale and an awesome final season for one of the best shows of all time. It was just great. We had, oh, wait, I don't want to get into spoilers, but yeah. It was great. Highly recommended. If you can hear that in the background, that's my cat meowing very loud. And knows I'm the only one here and is trying to get me to let it outside, I think. It's just, stop. Stop. We're almost done. Stop making noise. But highly recommend Succession. Highly recommend Succession. And then coming next week, Transformers Rise of the Beast is the big film. And my excitement has grown for that movie strictly because of the first reactions that came out. I haven't ever loved a Transformers movie, but I think Bumblebee is a solid movie that I really need to rewatch. And I'm right now I'm in a Haley Steinfeld kick, I guess, after seeing Spider-Verse. So that'll get me to watch it more. I love I love Haley Steinfeld. I love Hawkeye. Maybe I'll rewatch Hawkeye too and maybe watch Edge of 17. Um, Transformers, I've seen one, four, and five of the franchise. And I think one and four are okay, if not a dumb film. I kind of, I actually kind of have a soft spot for Age of Extinction, the fourth Transformers film in my heart, because it has dinosaurs in it, and anything with dinosaurs makes it better. So that's probably my favorite Transformers film outside of Bumblebee. But man, Dark, was it Dark Knight? The last night? I think it was Last Night, which was five, was just so bad. And also, four and five were like two and a half hours long. They were so long, which it was just insane. So thankfully, this film looks to have a runtime at just under two hours, which I think is perfect for a Transformers film. I don't want it to overstay its welcome. The trailers for this film have been really good, but I don't trust trailers for this franchise because they always look good. Um, kind of got like how everybody got fooled with Fast 9. Those trailers were so good, but the movie was so bad. So I know a lot of, actually a lot of my friends are excited for this film, which makes me more excited. And then I got the one Twitter account I follow that is pumping me up too. So it's like, oh, okay. I can feel it growing. I'm not expecting Shakespeare or anything. I, I'm just really, I want a really fun action film that has some great heart in it with its human characters. I, I think they can deliver. I'm hoping. I'm hoping. I got faith. I want to just, I've been loving so many films recently. I love Guardians. I really liked Fast X. I really liked Fast X. I really liked Little Mermaid. Not, not the best movie, but I really liked that. Um, and then now I got Spider-Verse was one of my favorite animated films of all time. It's been a good, it's been a good past month for movies after an April, which I thought was very underwhelming, although it did have Air and Evil Dead Rise. But other than that, it was kind of underwhelming with Mario and Renfield and there was basically nothing big in that month. But I'm so happy that we are getting like a space here where we're getting a new big movie and multiple movies every week, which makes it hard to see this stuff. But I'm very excited. I want to get out and see The Boogeyman, but I have no idea when I'm going to go see it because I want to watch Cross the Spider-Verse again and Little Mermaid again with a friend. So we just got a scheduling at this point. It's scheduling. But that'll do it for this week's episode of Seeing It All. What do you think of Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse? And will you be seeing it this week? Make sure to turn back, tune back in next week for my review of Transformers Rise of the Beast. And make sure to check out my first reactions, which I'm now uploading to my Instagram account and a YouTube account. On YouTube, I'm just under Peyton Knoll, which is my name. And you can find me on there. I'm going to upload audios of the podcast too and my initial first reaction. So make sure to follow there. YouTube, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. It's great. Make sure you follow me on all those. Thank you all for, for listening and make sure you come back next week. But y'all have a good night now.